Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. Graham loves design and has a knack for making spaces interesting. Kirsten loves color and never met a DIY project she didn't like. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real-life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. Welcome home. And welcome back to the Home Hour. This is episode 67. I'm Kirsten Dunlap. And I'm Graham Smith. Hey, Graham. How are you? I'm doing great today. It's beautiful here in Alabama. Sunny, warm. Oh, that's lovely. It's always sunny and warm in Phoenix. Um, okay, so what's new with you, Graham? I'm excited about this episode, but but I want to just check in. I am super excited. Thanks for checking in. So yeah, we are about to interview Katie Rogers, Feng Shui Consultant to the Stars. And we actually pre-taped our interview yesterday, but Katie is going to give us some amazing tips for kind of decluttering and organizing. And it has got me on a tear, Kirsten. I am, I hate to say, and this is the worst, I always start with my kid's toy closet. And we don't even have that many toys because again, we moved from D.C., where we kept all of our family, like every toy we had was kept in one galvanized steel bucket. So you can imagine how big that was. And then we moved to a, you know, moderate size closet here. It's not, we don't even have a playroom like most people have, but it's the first thing to clean out. And of course I went and I cleaned out three garbage bags full of stuff and loaded it up into the trunk of my car. And of course my three-year-old hops in the back and slowly starts pulling things out. Like that's my sock puppet. I made that sock puppet. Um, you can't throw that out. Throwing so away things s- they made is hard. They catch yeah. on those. I'm a tough cookie, though. It's like a juried art show at my house. It's either hit or miss. And if it makes it, it's because it's spectacular. And otherwise, it's going in the trash. I'm a tough critic. <laughs> you know what? We don't want to coddle these children. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just because your fingerprints on it does not mean I have to keep it. Your fingerprints on my walls, but I scrub those off. <laughs> oh, so. oh, lovely. But it is sweet. And I do love their art. Um, and I try to put it up as much as possible. But you can't keep everything. And yeah. what's going on with you, Kirsten? Nice hedging your bets there. Um, yeah, no, I... Uh, what is new with me? You know, not that much. I... I think cooking is maybe the thing most relevant to our show that's kind of new with me. I'm rediscovering um, the joy of the Crock-Pot. And I say joy sort of sarcastically because I'm not a Crock-Pot fan at all. I just have never mastered it. Like, I do shredded chicken in it. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it for soups. But I am not a Crock-Pot a crock pot cook. Um, I, do, I love everything, a crock pot. Everything always tastes the same. And I don't know whether it's like I need to spring for like the really fancy crock pot. Like maybe my like, you know, 10 year old Walmart crock pot isn't quite up to snuff. But no, I've heard that's not the answer. I've heard the basic crock pot is a good crock pot. OK, so it's a pilot error situation. Is what you're it's saying? It's totally user error. Well, he, you. well, here's the thing. I've got two boys playing Little League, which means four nights a week. I have games from 515 to 630. So. Like, they're not ready for food at 4.30, and then when we come home, I don't have time to cook. So that is why we're giving the Crock-Pot another try. So What are you making? Has, uh, last, you know what? Last night was actually moderately successful. I put, um, I had all these frozen chicken drumsticks, because my kids are obsessed with drumsticks. Hugh calls them meat lollipops. Like, so disgusting. <laughs> Vegetarians everywhere are just cringing to watch him, like, it looks like one of those, like, medieval times, just chawing the meat off the bone. But um, That's disgusting. It is so disgusting. But they were frozen, and I just threw them in the crock pot with some uh, teriyaki sauce, and it, it, it actually, that one was a good successful, um, 
And it works. It really is like a magical pot. I don't understand. And technically a stove could do, an oven could do the same thing. I don't understand why a crock pot is like so glorious. You just take something that's like an ice cube lollipop, like you say, and just throw it in and voila, it just turned into something. You You made me realize, so, you know, we have new kittens. We have two new kittens here and I have... I love kittens. I love animals. I'm an animal person, but I do not like the smell of wet cat food. But Cohen, my oldest, we, you know, this is a new thing for us because we've had these kittens for less than two weeks. I pop open this can of this disgusting smelling cat food and he puts his nose right in it and he goes, mmm, this smells like steak. Like, who are you, you grody boy? Yeah, and he won't take his nose out of it, you know, so I get the fork in there to, like, dole it out as quickly as possible and to rip the cat food away from it. (laughs) That is really gross. Oh, you know what we have to tell our listeners, too, before we get too far? I realize this. You know, I don't sleep, so I woke up in the middle of the night. I was thinking about the podcast. Um, And so I realized I just want to make a public announcement. Everyone, just in case it wasn't abundantly clear, Graham is a woman. I, oh. I I just, I realized that, you know what? I just want to make sure everyone knows that Graham I thought that was abundantly clear by my voice, by the fact that I sound like a girl. Um, I'm a woman, W-O-M-A-N. But the picture of me on the site does have my husband and my two children in it. Yes, I am a girl. It has caused me lots of trouble throughout my life, but also lots of benefits. So Graham is a girl. Glad okay. we cleared that up. I do want to clear that up because remember, the uh, housing committee in college did not know that. And you were in the boys' dorm. So don't act like everyone just knows that Graham is a woman. Oh, yeah. I think I've gotten some job callbacks due to that, honestly. And then they call me and they're like, oh, you're a man. And I go, ah, sexual harassment. I caught you. Now you have to hire me. <laughs> it's a great way to start a relationship. It's a great way to start a relationship. I backed you into a corner, buddies. Um, okay, let's talk about our weekly recurring episode, which I love. And this one is Kirsten versus DIY hacks. So Kirsten, have you had a success or a failure? What are you going to share with us for this week's episode? Okay, well, I... I feel like we have been really bringing up a lot of my DIY failures, and I understand. I provide a lot of DIY failures material. Um, However, uh, I have had a handful of successes in there, and I will share one of my successes, and I will put, and it's not 100% success, because it is a DIY project that I did, but um, I was shopping for vanities for my bathroom, and this was a bathroom that we just wanted to do a cheap, quick and easy fix, because we know eventually we're going to completely gut the bathroom, but for now... um, it just needed a band-aid. So I wanted to do a vanity, not built-in cabinetry. And we all know that Ikea is like the most dangerous place in the world for a DIYer. And um, I went to Ikea and I bought a like a chest of drawers and I turned it into a vanity. And it actually looks really good. Um, That's now that amazing. She, well, here's the deal. This is the challenge. Is It was very narrow, which worked for that space because it was a tiny little powder room. Um, and I needed to find a very narrow sink, which I ended up finding on overstock.com. I don't know how, but it wasn't like trying to. It just, it's, that's where I happened to find the one that was narrow enough. So the first step I would tell anyone in trying to make their own vanity out of a cabinet is, uh, really, if you can find like at an antique store or something like that, an old, an older vanity that's wider and deeper, that's mm-hmm. going to open up the world of possibilities for you for a sink because having that sink be have to be so small was a was a big challenge. Um, also, again, this was not 100% DIY because I did, um, I did have my cabinet guy in there doing my kitchen, so he put on the marble slab on top of it. Um, but uh, the big the big thing about this that I really want to share that made it so pretty and made it 
made it move over to the success category from the failure category was this wonderful website that is a DIYer dream and an and an Ikea lover dream and it's called myoverlays.com they're not a sponsor I'm just obsessed with them um, but I'm going to link to them in the show note but the great thing about this is they make these beautiful overlays these designs that are really thin and really light I'm not even sure what they're made of um, they're like fretwork panels and they come in all these different sizes and a lot of them are custom done to match Ikea cabinets so they're like, me. no, so you like pick the Kompot or whatever, you know, the, the Ikea name, the Swedish name, okay. um, and, uh, and the Pax, the Tarva, whatever you want, right? And then you buy these, and they're so beautiful. Like the patterns are like Chippendale, or they're like Greek key, or there's kind of like a... Um, diamond patterns or oh, just I see paint overlays that you can have a painter put. Okay, I see. Yeah, no, no, no. Gotcha. But they're not paint. They're wood. They're like a really thin wood, and they go right on it. And you could do doors. You could, I mean, it is amazing. It I've seen so many. They have they have a whole um, they have a whole list of a gallery on their website. Okay, if you Kirsten, love Ikea, this is actually a genius hack. Good, it work. is amazing. And I've seen I've seen people do it just with putting them. They come in white. So you can do just keep the white on your, you know, your painted one or you can like I did. I just painted everything. You can do it on your mirrors. I mean, it is so addictive. Um, and like all things Ikea. Are they know. affordable? Remember, I'm the money gal. Are they affordable? They are. Relatively. Affordable. Yeah. I mean, I don't for the for the high <laughs> level of finish. You think they are affordable? I mean, I will say at the end of the day, it was I got something that was really unique and really different and it wasn't it was definitely cheaper than buying a vanity um i would definitely do it again in like my daughter's room i think it would be really fun to do like a kind of a different you'll see you'll just you gotta go on the website you're gonna love it it's maybe like just you have to add them and and then of course it gets into how you're you're doing the corners and everything but trust me now i'm on the website so we're gonna explain myoverlays.com kirsten's gonna put this on the show notes i really would encourage anyone who's listening to go to send us an email at hello at the home hour.com because i'll be answering those emails and since we haven't really gotten one yet i'm going to answer a little lickety split so if you have any questions you just send it our way and i'll make kirsten answer too and kirsten we need to really jump into our interview, I think, because we have Katie Rogers, feng shui consultant. She's absolutely outstanding, and I really want to hear everything she has to say. Absolutely. It was a great interview. So let's roll that interview, and again, to see all the things that we talked about in the beginning of the show and all the things that we talked about with Katie, visit thehomehour.com. All right, everybody. It's Graham, and I think we are just going to dive right in and introduce our very first interview guest, Katie Rogers, and I'm absolutely thrilled that you're here with us today for episode 67 to talk about the wonderful and exciting art of feng shui. Is that how you say it, Katie? It's feng shui. Feng shui. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Like, gung-ho. Okay, feng shui. Wonderful. Um, Well, I just want to kind of back up and say how I came to meet Katie or know Katie. We are both Birmingham residents as of now, but I, you know, Katie, I don't even know if you and I saw each other in a supermarket. Hopefully we would be able to stop and say hello, but I had a chance meeting where I went to a church um, kind of women's group and Katie came in and she was the speaker and she was giving a speech on feng shui 
way. And instantly I thought to myself, you know, don't know much about it, but it sounds like an interesting topic. You know, I think a couple people had said, come on and hear it. And the moment I saw Katie, I kind of said to myself, okay, I really want to be this girl's friend. And (laughs) she just looks really cool and fun. And that was my first take. And the next thing was, is that I try to pride myself on at least attempting to go with the flow and maybe even sometimes be ahead of the curve if I can. And I have to say, I was a little intimidated of the subject matter. It seemed a little, you know, hippy dippy and I wasn't really sure what was going to come out of it. And I almost felt like someone maybe 10, 15 years ago saying, you know, what's a California roll? I've never tried that before. And then the moment Katie started talking, I said to myself, holy cow, this is something that I need to be ahead of the curve on. I need to know more about this. This makes perfect practical and common sense. The way that I think our culture now embraces yoga and meditation and so many just wonderful Eastern practices. I think that feng shui is just that. So I am going to let Katie talk and stop blabbering on. Um, I love that introduction. That makes me so happy that you perceive feng shui that way because I absolutely agree. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I mean, I just think that this is the next thing that this in the next maybe 10 years will be such a no brainer. Everyone will be just incorporating it into their homes. But can you kind of tell us about yourself? Give us a little bit of your background and how you became a feng shui consultant. Yeah, I kind of came into it accidentally. After I graduated college, I was an English major and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I ended up moving, I traveled a little bit and moved to Austin, Texas, where I got a job in publishing. And the second I walked off that elevator into that, you know, sea of gray cubicles is what I call it. I didn't have the language for it then, but it just, my energy dropped. And, you know, I had my cubicle and I made it feel the best I could. And, you know, there was fluorescent lighting and very little windows. And it just felt kind of depressing in there. And one day at lunch with my coworkers, I was like, okay, I have the best idea for a business. I think that I could go into companies, offices, and improve the environment. And I just knew this intuitively. And therefore, it would improve the employee's experience and their productivity, and therefore improve the bottom line of the company. Well, I thought I was so smart coming up with that, and I started mm-hmm. researching a little interior design, and you know, Austin's ahead of the curve, as you you know, so smartly said. And within the interior design sections, there was this there were these books on this thing called Feng Shui. I had never heard of it. And I pulled out this one book, it was by T- Tara Catherine Collins, and I started reading it and I kind of freaked out (laughs) because it was exactly what I was understanding on an intuitive level, but taken to a a whole nother level. So I started practicing it in my own home and any friend of mine that would let me come move their furniture around and we started seeing results in our life. So the bottom line is that your home reflects your life. The space that you spend time with is actually having a really profound effect on you. So and just your moods is what you're saying. And your how moods, you, feel. Um, you know, your self-esteem, um, how you move through life. Um, 
I like to, I have one client here. She was very skeptical of feng shui. She was so cute. But she had me over anyway because she was curious. And, you know, about halfway through, she just looked at me. Her eyes just lit up and she goes, oh, I get it. It's like interior decorating, but for my lifestyle, like it's very specific to the client and how they want oh, really? to live. Oh, then now that's something I didn't realize. Okay. So client specific. Yes. So it's not general principles overall. There are general principles, but I, before I go into a person's home, I ask them what they want to improve in their life. I find out of everything I can about them. I don't just go in and say, okay, let's look at your Pinterest page and decide, you know, what color scheme I need to find out more about you and what you're wanting to create in your life, whether it's more peace, more order. I mean, those are obvious things that we all want, but also, you know, some clients, it's like, you know what, you don't have a proper desk area for you to be creative. So we really work on creating a space that's for the family, the client, and what they're wanting to see in their life. So it's fun. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's it. And it that makes so much amazing. sense. Yeah, Kirsten, why don't really you dive right in so, and talk about problems in your yeah. house? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> oh bring gosh, it on. Like, I know. As I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, how do I get cleanliness? How do I get... I don't have a desk area at all. I mean, that that is totally true. So, but... Okay, just, I guess, all right, like, so, so this just takes someone like me, which is probably like a lot of our listeners. I'm a, I'm a mother in my mid thirties, I guess late thirties. Um, I have three kids. Like, um, the minute they walk in the door after school, I mean, that is, mm-hmm. that is when I just feel like my whole home is chaotic and I love them. It's not them. It's just <laughs> this, this, the way our afternoons work in my house stresses me out so much. Like if you, like what would walk, what would it be about just my typical kind of American family home would walk in? What would be the first thing that you would, that, that would just grab you about a space? Well, I love this question because the space, okay. So obviously you need a space. This is just me being really frank. You need a space for them to put their items. So there's a little bit in that situation, especially of there's a little bit of habit training with your children, but also making it super easy for them. And it doesn't have to be rocket science. I mean, of course, I have clients that have the beautiful mud rooms where everybody has their cubby and they can hang their backpack. But it can be as simple as they've got to take their backpacks, you know, go through the kitchen, drop off the lunch pots, go back into your room, and that's where your book, book bag belongs. So it's that's a little bit of a combination of, okay, let's see what, what the flow of your home is when you enter the house. Let's see what is easy and makes sense. Because if it's too much effort, if it's all the way across the house where you want them to put the items or too far from where they're going to be doing their homework, then it's not going to happen. So that's part of feng shui. You know, feng shui translates. It's Chinese for wind, water. And you think of wind like a nice breeze and you think of water like a flowing creek. It's about the flow. So 
you don't want that makes it to be. so much sense right it, you don't right. want and to I think I feel like I have stressful. a yeah I must have a big rock in my doorway because <laughs> it's your I'm literally picturing walking to my house every day and I've got this green chair that I've painted myself and upholstered myself and basically that's where two book bags my purse all the winter right. jackets and the shoes go there's not right. a hook there's not a mudroom right. I mean mudrooms are very mountain brook I feel like everyone Absolutely. has a mudroom mm-hmm. um, and they're very fancy Except we have lockers in our house, but they were built off our garage. And our garage, when you talk about flow, I'm just jumping right in here, Katie. Hope yeah, that's fine. No, with you. I love it. It's I don't know how it came to be because our garage is so far from our kitchen. And any busy mom knows that when you have, you know, 10, 15 grocery bags and a three-year-old toddler and book bags, you are not going into your garage, through your hall mudroom, up your stairs through your guest oh, bedroom, and then into your yeah. kitchen. Mm-mm. Yeah, the I'm wind sorry. is not it's blowing, like <laughs> <laughs> or it's just yeah, it's kind of stagnant. And um, yeah, floor plans are extreme. I mean, I always look at clients' floor plans, whether they're remodeling or not. Um, but I pride myself on easy solutions. Not you know, yeah, of course, there's going to be times where we're going to want to knock down walls, but there's usually a very simple solution. Um, and then a little bit of training. Okay, Katie, I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you said that because I do have a mudroom, and and probably I guess similar to Graham, it's totally out of the way. Um, so okay, yeah. So without, and unfortunately, we just remodeled a house, and I keep saying, well, let's just start again. And my husband's <laughs> like, the solution is not to move and build a new house. So without going to plan B now, what what could be? Could you give us like a, just a few pointers for like the rooms like we spend the most time in, like our kitchen? Um, uh, I love what you said about the backpacks and the the kind of afternoon routine but like with my kitchen that's where we live our last show was about kitchens yep are there any universal feng shui kind of um pointers we could incorporate feng shui kirsten yeah. feng shui oh, feng, y'all better, sorry y'all, yes you'll have to get it right that was our first question show. Right? feng shui we will we will i just I, I tell people to remember it just think of the word fun and then like shui kind of like you're swaying so that's kind of like a, a okay. good way to remember it. We're feng putting, shui. We're putting the fun. We're putting the fun back in feng shui. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! If it's not fun, I would not be doing this. It's so fun. I have so much fun with my people. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about kitchens because yes, we spend so much time in the kitchen. So kitchens represent health. They actually also, and this is a little bit more the classical feng shui. I mean, I'm very modern and. Um, contemporary with my feng shui you know i do some people might think of feng shui as okay go put a dragon in this corner of your house to make something happen okay that is fine if my client wants that and and responds to that but i am definitely and you know where the dragon should be placed is what you're saying yeah right that that is i'm not gonna be telling people to put dragons in their home unless they just love dragons so um well dragons are hot right now you know with game of thrones like oh my gosh i love it Okay, well, maybe I'll start telling people more drugs. Okay, so the kitchen, um, it also represents prosperity because if you think of, you know, feng shui was was developed or discovered thousands of years ago in China. And, you know, food was what represented abundance. So if you're eating well, you've got abundance. So the kitchen represents nurturing yourself health because you know food is such a huge aspect of health Mm -hmm. and also abundance so the first i mean 
the first thing I always, I mean, I feel like a broken record, but decluttering is one of the major aspects of feng shui. I mean, if you've got too much stuff in your kitchen and so many pots and pans, you can't even get to it. And it's just clanking around every time you go to cook. That's not a pleasant experience. And it might be subconsciously blocking you from creating meals that are good for you. Does that make sense? So there's a streamlining aspect, especially in the kitchen, because y'all know that people collect water bottles, cups, so many patterns of China, especially in the South. And it's just weight. It's just not a freeing experience. So you want to be able to have fun in the kitchen. You want one of the key words in feng shui, like overall, is inviting. So you want your home to feel inviting as far as the front entrance. You also want certain spaces to feel inviting, like your kitchen, as far as inviting you to have healthy foods in there, have foods, the healthy foods accessible rather than the snack foods and the candy, right? Like my chocolate stash is up high and in the back <laughs> because if I see it, I'm going to want it. Um, so certain there's an organizational aspect to the kitchen that I think is key. So that's my, that's my main thing. And then there's other fun little feng shui things such as what, you know, when you're at your stove, um, can you see the entrance to the kitchen? Because if your back is to the doorway, you mm-hmm. might feel, you know, they like to say that we're still cave people on some level. And, you know, the caveman probably, once he got the saber-toothed tiger and right. dragged it into his cave, he's not going to, and the fire's in the middle of the cave, he's not going to have his back to the entrance of the cave. There's something a little bit primal in us still. We want to kind of know what's going on as we're focusing on our tasks. Right. So things like that that are just, you know, take it to the next level. Is that kind of like where you're supposed to put your bed facing the door? Yes. Right? It's okay. called the command yeah, give us some. Wait, wait. So give us some, some bedroom tips now because that's a okay. huge... I mean, I, I've just given up on it. You know what I can mean? Can I segue? It's, so. <laughs> it's not a segue, but this is how I knew that I needed Katie somehow in my life or like that there would be some level of relationship. So I think we were talking about bedrooms and, you know, making your bedroom. Maybe she was mentioning more romantic or more hospitable and something about not having anything underneath your bed. Is that correct? Oh, yes. That's like... And- the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly, I thought, you know, to really create kind of like you said, the wind underneath and to create right. kind of a good channel of energy. Right. Right. And I thought the only thing that's underneath our bed is an aluminum baseball bat in case my husband needs to bludgeon anyone <laughs> who enters our oh, house. I know. Trust me. And I've seen guns under there. And, you know, that one can be sometimes tricky because. The husband really wants to protect the family, but we we have conversations about that. But yeah, well, so the, the bedroom, I moved the baseball bat. Yeah. You did. And I did. did you I feel moved better it under the side table. Yes, I did actually feel better. See? I mean, these small things, like just to be conscious of it and then do it, do make a difference. They do. Mm-hmm. So um, what does it say about about me and about my marriage that we have guns, ammo, and fabrics under our bed? That's where I keep my fabric rolls, too, in case I want to reupholster things or shoot. We don't know. <laughs> That's what we've got. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I could write a blog on that one. That one's really cute. Um, well, the general idea is they say to have nothing. You want your bedroom to kind of be a sanctuary. 
So any extra miscellaneous stuff, I mean, you probably have other places to store the fabric in your house, right? Like there's, there's yeah. usually another option. It might have stuff in it right now. But if you can get, you know, like Graham was saying, they do like to have a little energy flow underneath the bed. Like it needs to be pretty much clear. I'll sometimes have clients that, you know, are wanting to create something in their life, um, put a little intention, like a little wish box or something under there. Um, Just because the idea is when you're sleeping, whatever's under your bed, your psyche is never asleep. Your subconscious is never asleep. It picks up on everything that's going on. I mean, I have one client, she had her taxes under there. And I had another one who had all her sports equipment. So they weren't sleeping that well. So So she was competing while she slept. One of them. Or, yeah, or just that active energy rather than that quiet sanctuary. So, you know. You know what? I forgot. We actually have our taxes under there, too. Oh, my yeah, I've gosh. Got a lot. Will you please <laughs> go take like care of this? Three hours today? a night. <laughs> yeah, and you're not a very good sleeper, Kirsten. I'm a well, horrible this is sleeper because I'm like, I must reupholster things. And Listen. <laughs> okay, I love that this came up because really in traditional feng shui, they sleep, the bed is one of the most important aspects of feng shui because sleep is so important to our quality of life so please clean it out and then write me and tell me what happens it's going to be so interesting you know what i love it because this is actually accountability maybe i'll put in the show notes can we have a picture of what it looks like under your bed as opposed to what it looks like under mine Um, okay (laughs) well it's just going to be empty under mine I know, and that's going to be my goal. Okay, can you give us an example of when you walked into a space and you were just blown away by how horrible it is and maybe what you did to, to fix it? All right. Well, y'all, this this question's interesting because, I mean, I have walked into homes where people are hoarders. I mean, you could barely walk around. I mean, I don't know if y'all have ever seen that, but it is... Mm -hmm. unbelievable and you know it can feel overwhelming um, to anyone because you can't move very much so I mean that's my first answer I don't see those very often Um, but that goes back to the clutter thing so as far as other spaces you know anything feng shui is really about putting heart in your home um the places that i have seen a natural feng shui and people do feng shui naturally really good interior designers do a lot of aspects of feng shui naturally the bottom line is if the space feels good it has a good feng shui and a lot of times you can tell because the items are intentional you know There's just an intention in the home and that brings in a heart. It's like, you know, you know, maybe they're just displaying things on bookshelves, but you can tell if there's a vase that was just kind of sat there because somebody gave it to them. They don't know what else to do it. They feel guilty giving it away. Maybe it was expensive. They got it for a wedding present, but they don't really care about it. You know, as opposed to like a vase, they, you know, were on a, they're, favorite trip to Italy and they just found this space. They knew it would be perfect in the space and it just almost like glows. So that's the, that's the difference. You know, you can go into a space and it just feels like a thud, like just dull, a little lifeless. And then these spaces that you're like, you know, the people here are, are 
vibrant, you know, something's alive. You can feel it. I think, you know, I was trying to think of a way to kind of articulate it maybe to people who weren't as naturally comfortable. And I almost, the first thing that I thought of was I was actually just watching home alone with my children because nothing says Easter, like a Christmas movie. Um, (laughs) And so I remember when Kevin McAllister, you know, went down to the basement and he was so worried about the furnace and it scared him. And Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, okay, maybe we discount this idea of energy flow in a home, which I don't. I completely believe all of it because I can tell a vibrant space and a happy space from a not happy space. But I think all of us can relate to the time when you're in a place and that little cold chill goes up your spine. And I think everyone has felt that, right? And if you have felt that at some point in time, I don't see that it's such a far and dramatic leap to go over to the idea of just you feel good and you know you feel good somewhere and why is that happening and absolutely that can be something that's intentional like you're saying katie well everybody you know i've taught um continuing education for real estate agents and you know that's a really big part of selling houses how comfortable people feel walking in the space whether it's staged or you know the the seller is still in the house or not um but, you know, they were all speaking up on those homes that, honestly, you kind of get a creepy feel you don't even want to go in. I mean, this is very real stuff. We know that we just need to learn to trust our feelings more. So feng shui is about manipulating the space so that you can get that good feeling. And you work with a lot of real estate agents, too, prepping houses for um, for sale, right? And what would you do in an what would you do in an empty house? That's a question. Let's say, I mean, when we purchased our home, it was completely empty. The previous owners had moved out. What might you do if you're working with an agent trying to prep well, a house? The, well, the two biggest things, I mean, I'm sorry to be so obvious, but it is feng shui, is the curb appeal. Because, again, that's how, you know, that's that inviting Aspect. I mean, a little bit of color, you know, some live plants, making sure it's clean, making sure people aren't going to trip over something as they walk up to the front porch. I mean, these are real things that I've seen. Um, and then also, my goodness, the paint job inside. I mean, color on a wall can change a space like no other. And I love picking colors It's it, because it's so important and it makes such a difference. You can see such a dramatic change. What are some of the top feng shui kind of hues that you might recommend or that usually work the best? Now, do you mean for selling the house? Because it's totally different for selling a house because selling a house, you want it. You want the people to be able to kind of project themselves onto a blank canvas, so to speak. Whereas when the people are in the home, I want them to feel comfortable expressing their personal um, taste whether they, whether they need a little help with what that would be, that's what I love to do is bring out that expression in people and say, okay, let's, you know, figure out what feels the best to you. Um, but still within a certain aesthetic that goes with, you know, interior design. Um, you know, these light grays or these warm light grays are really nice for a neutral when you're selling a house. Mm-hmm. Um, Revere Pewter is... I like it at 50% because I like things just a little bit lighter. But that's just kind of, you know, is a go-to to to a lot of people. Um, That's a Benjamin Moore color. Um, And, you know, and color, wall colors, I mean, it can take, a paint can take on a different hue in the same room. 
I mean, I've had a client, he's like, did you paint the walls different colors in here? Because the lighting made it look so dramatically different. So you got to take that into account too, the lighting of the space. I love oh, that. totally. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Graham is going to go through, you know, like, I just finished a remodel two years ago, so, you know, like I was saying before, I can't remove walls, but Graham is about to start one. Do you, I mean, at what point would someone like you become involved? Um, like, do you look at the plans? Hopefully, you- first off, <laughs> hopefully before, I mean, awesome. to work with the architect or designer, that you know, because I don't, I mean, there's so many aspects to a remodel. What 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 did y'all remodel? Oh, we did the whole house. Um, yes. Gosh, we did, fun. we did everything. It was fun. Well, fun's one word. Fun shui. I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, we did everything. Um, you know, and it's. I, 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 where, where were you two years ago? Oh, my god! <laughs> but I'm in Arizona. I mean, could you have even worked with me? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, how I, would that work? Yeah. I work, you know, remotely. I look at people's pictures of their home. I mean, and people are like, oh, I'd rather you be in the home. But, y'all, I mean, a lot of times I have clients when I go to their home, take pictures of their home. And sometimes they don't even recognize their own home when they see it in two dimensions on a photograph. So you'd be surprised at how much. Seriously? Yes, because when you live in a space for that long, you get so used to it that you don't see it clearly anymore. I mean, it. I had a, I mean, it was a positive experience. My client was like, that's my house. It's pretty. And I was like, I know. (laughs) So, um, I have people send me the, you know, current floor plan, the floor plan they're considering or the ideas they're considering. And also, you know, just pictures of the current space. And then we go to town, we do Skype, we do. Okay, and I'm the nuts and bolts girl, and I'm going to call this, we're new to the show, but I am the money girl because I'm the one who goes to hear a speech on a personal stylist, and I think, oh, totally need that, bring it on, we're a nutritionist, bring it on, but of course I heard you speak, and I said, yes, as soon as we get our plans drawn up, we are going to make sure that we are in perfect harmony. Um, Can we harmonize with feng shui and add it to our budget? Absolutely. I like to work with the client, obviously, and have different price points depending on what we're going to do. And I really, really love to educate people as I'm working with them so they can take some of the advice and, and run with it. Do you know what I mean? So I can hold your hand throughout the whole process. And I love that, too, because then it's, you know, peace of mind. It's like, OK, everything you're doing, you know, is according. You just always are getting that feedback. Right. Um, so that would be, you know, an hourly fee or, I mean, I do one hour or two hour consultations and I give a lot of information. So then that's, you know, for people that want to make sure that they're getting the feng shui perspective without, um, you know, sacrificing, you know, the new sofa that they want. (laughs) So I really, so there's different ways. It's not like you're committing to an entire that's, no. that's really interesting. And then, yeah. and then you, okay. So also you have a blog, um, mm-hmm. and you have classes, which is also fascinating. Yes. So we're going to link to, to your website in our show notes. And then I also want to link to the book that you, um, mentioned in the beginning, which you said was the first book you picked up. Is that still the book you'd recommend? Are there other books you'd recommend? Cause I'd love to link those to the show notes too, for maybe some of our listeners who want to just do, it. um, 
I'm going to look up Tara. Tara Catherine Collins is one of my favorite feng shui writers. Okay. And on my blog, if you put in the search engine books, I do have a list of my favorite feng shui books. Just FYI. Oh, perfect. We'll link straight to that then. Yeah. Yeah, and Katie's website is katierogersfengshui.com. And, of course, we'll put that up on the show notes as well. So the Western Guide to Feng Shui was, you know, it was written in 1996. I think I read it around that year. <laughs> and, um, you know, th- this information is pretty new to we Westerners. I mean, re- really, it was not brought. It was brought to San Francisco in the 70s. So, you know, wow. it's pretty new. Um, but, but it's, it's centuries old. I mean, it's thousands of years it's old. So. thousands of years old. And, you know, this is time tested cultures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, oh, what, yeah. what is the rooster? But one, one question why, though, I do have an expert. The what, what is this rooster business? <laughs> this is more of the classical feng shui. It's, so every year, that's more of the Chinese astrology, which, you know, there's some uh, schools of feng shui. There are a lot of different schools of feng shui, but there's some schools of feng shui that really take the Chinese astrology into account with, you know, um, putting in what's called cures in feng shui. When you make changes, it's called a cure. Um so it's the year of the rooster, and it's a great year. It's the fire rooster, and supposedly it's an energy where, you know, we're, it's perfect for y'all relaunching this show because it's about getting your voice out of there. Think of cock-a-doodle-doo. So it's the symbolism of the animal related to what could be happening this year. Like last year, it was the monkey, and you kind of think of monkey as being little tricksters. And if you think of it being an election year and how wacky that was and a little topsy-turvy last year. This year is more like the rooster's going to strut his stuff. And See, Kirsten, it's so exciting. It's the year of getting our voice out there. It Cock-a-doodle-doo. is. I love it. It's the wake-up call. do to you. You know, I'm actually thinking... <laughs> I'm thinking we need to change the logo right now and, like, just put a big old rooster on there. It's the home hour. Cock-a-doodle-doo. I love it. That's really cute. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll have to talk to talk to the gals over at Life Lesson and see what they think about the year of the rooster. Um, well, okay. I know we've had you on the show longer than we said, but you are as fascinating as Graham told me you would be. And I'm like looking at your website, kind of getting distracted by all the great things. Everyone has to go to this website. It's really, it really is fascinating. Um, but one last quick question. So I always like to leave with a fun lightning round. So what is your favorite space in your house or apartment Katie well I'm laughing because I kind of already talked about it but I like my bed (laughs) I like to sleep you've done it right obviously Kirsten no wonder you didn't sleep very well (laughs) I love my bed as I'm yawning Uh, I love my steam shower because obviously it's a steam shower I love your steam shower. (laughs) It is Arizona, so it's it is cold once or two days a year. So I need that. (laughs) My favorite room in our house, I'd have to say, is my little boy's nursery. It is a sweet little room, and it's peaceful and calm. And I'm sure a lot of us love nurseries, but they're sweet rooms. But it's a happy room. Please come. Oh, we're, you're coming over, Katie. No question. Oh, my gosh. I want to see it. But you're right. My little girl's room, too. Yeah, children's rooms do have that sweet, sweet feel, don't they? 
there's great energy in there. Yeah. I mean, it just, you yeah. know, and I'll tell you, if you saw what it came from, it was, I would have said it was the least valuable player when we were purchasing our house. It's mm-hmm. the smallest of all the rooms. I mean, you know, as nurseries often get to be, it's right. it has really bad light, which would kill you, Katie, but mm-hmm. um, it just does, but it's turned into a beautiful little um, kind of sanctuary. So it's right. nice. Spot. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to see it. Oh my goodness. I'm going to call this right now. We might need to have you back because we you just brought up your children. We haven't even talked about our children. And as you guys are speaking, my least favorite room is my son's room. And I would love to. Um, and I say son's plural. They share room, which makes it twice as bad. Um, and I would love to just, I would love to talk about making children's spaces that adults don't hate. Maybe. Listen, is that a good it's a say? big deal. Oh, yeah. I love, I declutter with children. Like. I work with 10-year-olds. It's such a big deal. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, we might need to do, we might need to do a follow-up at some point and talk about I would love it. Feng, feng shui for kids. Absolutely. So I'm rooster. so on that right now. <laughs> I'm totally open and excited. Well, and also teaching a younger generation to part with objects, which I think is what we're all looking Huge. to get to, because maybe our generation's a little messed up because we hold Huge. on to everything. I mean, so. huge. It's a life skill, definitely, to teach. Really uh, so. well, oh, well, that's awesome. Let's do it. Let's make it a date. Thank you for being here, though, today. we I, This was so interesting. So interesting. I'm looking at my house with kind of different different eyes on now. Really, really a lot of good information there. You got your feng shui yeah, glasses so, um, on. That's what I call it. Totally. Well, so nice to meet you, Katie. And nice everyone, to please go to Katie, Katie's website. Again, it's give me the website. One more time, katierogersfengshui.com. Yeah. Yep. And, as, and we will have links, of course, to all of this in on our website, thehomehour.com. And um, if you have a question for us or a question for Katie, you can email us at hello at thehomehour.com. And I'm, I'm going to have to uh, head her down and get some great pictures for Instagram, too, because I want to see um, some of the things she's got going on in her house and maybe some before and after pictures. So please follow us on Instagram. Um, uh, thank you so much. If you've enjoyed the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. And we will be back next week with a brand new topic. So we will see you next week. Welcome home.